Morning. Morning, church. It's good to see each and every one of you. Thank you, Pastor Francis. Thank you, the worship team, for leading us into a wonderful time of worshiping God. And how are you all doing? Good. And I pray that you are doing well. You know, we have started our physical service for almost a month now. In fact, I think, I believe it's uh, more than a month. And I trust that you are also gathering in your cell groups or, you know, in small groups and keeping in touch with one another. And I truly believe that it is important for us uh, to encourage and to speak life into one another. And uh, we need to do so in times like this, in this season that we are in. And uh, so continue to encourage one another, continue to pray for one another. And uh, this morning, we would like to get into the Word of God. And as a church, we are still in this overarching theme of building legacy. Would you say you mean building legacy? Okay. And for us to build legacy, uh, we want to be people who are fruitful. Okay. We want to be people who are fruitful. And of course, we want to do that according to the fruitfulness uh, of God's standard. And so for the team, the team uh, for August is fruitful. Be fruitful. You know, for all of us who are present here and for those of you who are at home joining with your families, uh, would you turn to the person beside you and would you tell them, be fruitful. Okay, you can type that in the comment section if you're joining us online at order Facebook as well. And uh, this morning, we want to dig into the Word of God. If you have your Bibles with you, would you go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 11, okay? Matthew chapter 11. Matthew is the first uh, book that's found in the New Testament. And the book of Matthew was written by, the, uh, by Matthew, a disciple of Jesus. And he writes to show us that God has indeed kept His promise to Israel, which is a promise of deliverance, a promise of freedom through the life death and resurrection of Jesus the Messiah. And so in the book of Matthew, we will find a lot of Jewish idioms, a lot of Jewish cultures, a lot of Jewish stories and analogies uh, used in Matthew. And that's what we're going to find too in the passage that we're going to read today. And so would you go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30, okay? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, and I'm going to read to you from the NIV translation. Verse 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And at this morning, I'd like to touch on the subject of the Jesus way. The Jesus way, okay? Would you pray with me even as we look to the Word of God this morning? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the moments that we can share around your Word. That truly in these moments that we catch a glimpse of your plans and your desires for us. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you open our minds to understand your word, open our eyes to see your plans for us, give us ears that hear and a faith to believe. So Lord, we thank you, we commit the rest of this time to you, in Jesus' name we pray, Amen, Amen. You know, during the MCO, uh, for most of us, uh, we had to work from home. Unless, you know, you are one 
of the essentials that have been permitted by the government. Uh, but for the rest of us, uh, we had to work from home. And if you are a student, you had your classes online. And after about a week of working from home, I wanted to up my productivity level. You know, I realized I was a little bit distracted you know, between work, uh, between my two boys, between uh, cooking for the family, between uh, the endless house chores. Huh? Uh, I, I was not getting things done as efficiently as I would like to. Uh, you know, being generally a task-oriented person, you know, I don't like to do things uh, inefficiently. Okay? So what I did was I decided decided to put on a smart band uh, which belonged to my wife, okay? I got it for her some years back uh, be because she wanted to track her steps, you know, uh, but she didn't quite uh, gotten used to it, so she stopped wearing it, you know. But anyway, uh, I wore the smart band and it felt like, wow, yes, you know, I'm finally getting some work done. Uh, this is because I would get all my notifications from my phone, okay? I'll get all the, the text messages, I'll get all my calls, I will get all the reminders for my meetings, uh, and almost everything would show up on my my smart band, and I felt like, yes, yes, you know what, I can finally uh, get something done, I can finally be productive, you know, but <laughs> it was a huge mistake, which I would regret much later on, okay, because working from home has already made uh, working life a little bit blurred, you know, for those of you who work from home, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there is no clear working hours per se. Huh? Uh, if you are in the office, you know there is a fixed time to go home, to leave your work in the office and to go back home. But if you're working from home, uh, work never stops till you say it stops, eh? which was a little bit tough for a person like me. And uh, so for me, uh, working from home was way more tiring than ever. Plus, you know, putting on the smart van uh, added another layer of stress, you know. Uh, getting all of these notifications constantly uh, was not good for, not good for my well-being, I would say. Uh. I was becoming very anxious. You know, I kept on thinking about work. I kept on thinking about ministry non-stop. Uh, I had no breaks and, and I was superbly busy. Uh, and friends, uh, society, or rather the culture that we are in, puts busyness on a pedestal. And I would say that the culture that we are in has actually glorified busyness. Now, think about it. If you were to ask anybody how they are doing today, their usual answer would be, Ayo, I'm busy lah. Ayo, very busy. Ayo, most ikan, no time, no time, you know. Uh, even if they do not have much to do, uh, they would still say, I'm busy, very busy, you know. Uh, it's like a trending word, I'm busy lah. Uh, busy doing what? Busy doing nothing lah. Huh? Uh, well, may may maybe it's just me, you know. Maybe it's just the response uh, that I get from people uh, just because I'm a pastor. Huh? Uh, people are afraid uh, to, to that when I ask them how they are doing, uh, they are afraid that I will ask them to do something. So they quickly tell me, I pastor, boeing, boeing, uh, busy, uh, busy. Uh, but friends, we got to be clear about this and understand that being productive is different from being busy. Being productive is different from being busy. Being productive is different. Activity does not equal productivity. Activity does not equal productivity. 
No, being productive is good. No, we are producing things that are good. We are producing things that are useful, that are beneficial. We are doing things that have purpose, that have meaning. But we can be busy doing things that are unproductive. We can be busy doing things that are not beneficial nor purposeful. And being busy in that manner, if I have to say, has robbed us or robbed our soul from true rest. And friends, when you and I are not rested, the reality is that we will not be fruitful. We will not be fruitful. You know, just think about it. You know, just like when we exercise, you know, whenever we work out or whenever we exercise, our muscles are stretched, our muscles are pushed to the limit, right? In fact, our muscles actually tear and then only grow and get bigger and stronger. But that only happens when we have sufficient rest and food. Without rest, our muscles cannot recover. It cannot grow. You know, ask anyone who exercises on a regular basis. You know, ask Nikki, okay? He will tell you that you need to have enough food and enough rest for your muscles to grow. Huh? Without it, you are just injuring yourselves. Huh? And uh, we cannot go on working out the same muscles every day and expect it to grow. It needs to rest. And in the past one year or so, if you notice in the society or what's happening, you will notice that society is also starting to shift towards that as well. You know, from a culture that was predominantly uh, preoccupied with being busy to a culture of rest. Or the word that they use is mindfulness. Huh? Mindfulness. You know, even our phones have this function. If you check out your phones, they have this function called mindfulness. But of course, that sort of mindfulness lacks the full rest, the complete rest that is found in Jesus. Uh, but that is a topic for another day, okay? We will not uh, touch on that today. Uh, but I just want to bring our focus today to this. Friends, if we do not rest physically, if we do not rest emotionally, mentally, spiritually, we cannot grow. We cannot be fruitful. So a big question I want to ask all of us today is this. Friends, how is your soul today? How is your soul today? Are you rested in your soul? And I want us to all ask ourselves honestly this question. How is my soul today? Is my soul well? Is my soul healthy? Are we at peace? Are we rested? Do we have joy in our heart? Are we loving others from a place of rest and overflow? How is our rest today? You know, as we take a look in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, you know, I believe Jesus has something to say to all of us about being fruitful. Now, this passage of Scripture, if we were to read it by itself, may sound a little bit strange and sound a little bit weird, okay? Now, why is Jesus talking about rest? You know, and why is He talking about His yoke? No, it really doesn't make much sense. 
Uh, no, but at the time, Jesus, he was addressing a group of people, or rather, he was addressing a community of Jews who have been surrounded by religiosity all their lives. Okay, this group of people, they were surrounded by a culture of busyness. These people grew up in a culture of doing things constantly. You know, for instance, uh, they got to do certain things to get themselves ceremonially clean. Okay, they got to observe certain practices and habits, you know, such as not doing anything on the Sabbath, uh, even though it may be the saving of your animal or a person's life. You know, helping people is considered work on the Sabbath. And uh, so Jesus... He was telling them, this is not the way to go. This is not the way to live. And he was being very plain and very clear about this. You know, in other words, Jesus was saying, hey friends, this is not how you become fruitful. This is not how you bear fruits. This is not how you abide in me. Doing things in life is not going to bear much fruit. You know, doing the hustle and bustle in life is not going to bear long-lasting fruits. Friends, if you want to bear fruits, if you want to be fruitful, if you want to abide in me, you've got to listen to this. And church, this morning, I believe this is the same thing which Jesus wants all of us to hear today as well. You know, friends, in this passage, Jesus proposed to us some things which I encourage all of us to seriously chew on and to make them part of our lives so that you and I, we can be fruitful. So firstly, number one, to be fruitful, Jesus invites us to be with Him. Jesus invites us to be with Him. He invites us from the onset of His message. In verse 28, Jesus says this, Come to me. Come to me. And who is to go to Jesus? Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And why do we need to go to Jesus? He says this, And I will give you rest. Man, that sounds really good and super inviting. Come to me. Can you imagine Jesus saying that to each and every one of us here today? Come to me. If we want to be fruitful, if we want to be His disciples, we got to be with Jesus. We cannot be His disciples if we don't want to be with Jesus. Let, me, let us all be clear about certain things. Doing Christian activities does not mean that we are with Him. Let me say that again. Doing Christian activities does not mean that you are with Him. A person can be doing all sorts of Christian activities but not being with Jesus. Now, say for instance, huh? we know the importance of all these activities which I'm going to list out. For the first one is serving. Okay? Serving is a reflection of our relationship with God. Okay? We serve others because we want to be like Jesus. We serve because Jesus showed us the way. Jesus said, I came to serve and not to be served. Okay? Sharing the good news. It is important. We don't keep the good stuff to ourselves. Come on. We share the good news we share about Jesus. Uh, tiny cell groups, tiny small groups is good for us uh, to build one another, to encourage one another. That's why we always say, join a cell group, get connected with one another. A prayer meeting, it cultivates a reliance on God. Bible study, our SCG classes, it strengthens our knowledge and our understanding of our faith so that whenever someone asks us why we believe what we believe, 
we have an answer for them. But being with Jesus is the most important of all. Being with Jesus is the most important of all. Friends, if you and I, we say that we are Christians, but we don't really want to be with Jesus, we don't really want to spend time with Him, friends, who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? No, my, my wife and I, we have been married for five years. And uh, we celebrated our anniversary during the MCO. And it has been a good five years. Huh? Of course, there have been some challenges every now and then. But it has been a wonderful journey together with her. And I realized the longer that we are married, uh, we, we need to make time for one another. In fact, uh, we need to put it in our schedules, you know, time uh, to date one another. Uh, a night or a time, a time frame without the kids, you know, a time just spending uh, to catch up with one another and to, and to just date one another. Lah, huh? And it's really quite hard to find the time to do so, you know, because busy with work, busy with ministry, uh, busy with the kids. Huh? Uh, again, the word busy. <laughs> but we realize uh, if we don't make time to have that quality time, that alone time with one another, it can be really easy to just drift into a routine of getting by on the day-to-day. -day. You know, we can get so caught up with just trying to survive uh, with the many things in our lives. And so now, my wife and I, we are trying to work out uh, date time uh, more intentionally, you know, making some arrangements with uh, the parents uh, to help with the kids every now and then, uh, even though we can just spend a couple of hours uh, to be by ourselves. Uh, it's still a work in progress. Uh, but friends, let's make it a priority to be with Jesus. As followers of Jesus, all of us know, all of us, and I dare say this, all of us know that it's important to spend time with Jesus. But the question is, how many of us truly make that a priority? How many of us truly make that a priority? How many of us have set it in our schedules, you know, this so-and-so time, we cuff it out to be with Jesus? You know, when problems arise, our usual response is to do things our own way. Yeah? When we are tired, our usual response uh, is to sleep more. And uh, hear me correctly, okay? Sleep is good, huh? Don't let anybody tell you that sleep is not good. Uh, in fact, Jesus, he slept while a storm was brewing and the disciples had to wake him up. But Jesus always made time to be with his Father. In the midst of ministry, even though he may have had a long day, he would always go away to be by himself with the Heavenly Father. And if I can be honest this morning, uh, there have been so many times that I was exhausted and I actually gave in to my sleep. You know, I had a long day, uh, busy with ministry, busy uh, with the kids, uh, with the family and all. Uh, you know, mentally, emotionally, uh, physically, I was so drained. You know? And so I gave in to my sleep. Uh, but at times, I actually could have spent more time with God instead of sleeping. And I realized on days when I didn't spend time with the Holy Spirit, with God, it felt as if something was off within me. I was a little bit more agitated. I was a little more restless. I was a little bit more impatient. Uh, I was a little bit more on the edge. And so, I'm learning to find that time, to find that pocket of time in my schedule 
to spend time with God and, and to really spend time in His presence, in silence and in solitude. You know, whether is it half an hour, whether is it one hour, you know, I, f- I find my own space, you know. I put my phone to do not disturb, uh, so I won't get any disturbance, any calls from anybody, no messages coming in, no distractions at all. And I do that because I want to be at His feet. I do that because I want to let the Word of God renew my mind. I want to be refreshed by His Spirit. I want to be with Him. And I realize when I choose to do that, when I make that time to do that, there is a shift in my day. There is a shift in my perspective. There is a change in my stride, in my spirit. I realize that I actually have extra time, extra energy, extra love, extra compassion for others. And so friends, this morning, can I encourage all of us to really make time to be with God. Put it in your calendar if you need to. Don't just say, ah, yes, pastor, we know that it's important to make time with God. But friends, do it. Make time with God. This so and so time, I block it out to be with God. And friends, when we spend time to be with Jesus, when we spend time to be with God, we become more like Him. We become more like Him. And so number two, if you want to be fruitful, we be with Jesus and then we become like Jesus. Now, have you ever noticed uh, married couples or couples who are dating? Now, uh, I notice that the more time they spend with one another, uh, the more they look alike. Uh, the more time they spend with one another, the more uh, they look alike. Have you ever noticed that? You know, let's take a look at your spouse and see, hey, is there some similarities? Uh, I know Ben and Mani starting to look more alike now. Um, and I found out, even in my own married life, uh, we begin to imitate each other's behavior, uh, our dressing style. Uh, our habits begin to rub off each other as well. You know, we begin to look alike. And likewise, when we be with Jesus, when we spend more time with Jesus, we eventually become more and more like Him. In verse 29, it says this, Jesus says to us, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And for most of us living in this city, uh, for most of us living in a 21st century, we would not understand what a yoke is. Uh, but for Jesus' audience, it carried a deeper meaning. Uh, in an agricultural society, uh, a yoke would be a huge wooden block placed on an ox or a cow or a horse. And that, wooden, that piece of wood is attached to a plowing tool, okay, a plowing tool. And that plowing tool is, uh, is to either dig the soil or to harvest the crops. And so the animal is attached to that wood, that yoke, and that yoke is attached to a plowing tool. Now, Some Christians think that when they become followers of Christ, it means that life becomes easy. No, there's no need to work hard anymore uh, because they think, hey, Jesus is carrying the yoke. And uh, that is what some Christians think. And then they get utterly discouraged. They get so disappointed when life hits them hard. But friends, if we were to truly understand what Jesus is implying, we will find that Jesus did say that life will have its challenges. 
take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus didn't say, take my yoke that is weightless. Come on. Jesus didn't say, take my yoke that is attached to an automated machine. Huh? So don't, you don't have to pull and work hard. No, come on, come on. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And Jesus is saying to us today, follow me. Imitate me. See how I do things. See how I live. See how I sow in life and see how I reap in life. Then you will find rest for your souls. No, friends, let us be clear. Jesus didn't promise an easy life. He is always about the sowing and the reaping. Even in this illustration of the yoke, you know, Jesus highlights the sowing and the reaping that comes alongside in carrying a yoke. Remember, a yoke is attached to a plowing tool and that tool could either be used to dig the soil that is sowing or to harvest the crops that is reaping. Okay, the sowing and the reaping. And so taking up our cross and dying to ourselves to follow Jesus is never an easy thing to do. But that is the sowing. If we die together in Christ, we will rise together in His resurrection. If we die to our flesh, we are raised to the abundant life that Jesus promises us. And the abundant life is one where we can find rest for our souls. It is one where we can find joy in our suffering, where we can find peace in our trials. That, my friend, is the reaping that comes from taking up our cross and dying to ourselves. So if you want to be fruitful, be with Jesus. If you want to be fruitful, become like Jesus. And I know Jesus taught a lot of things throughout the Gospels. Uh, in fact, uh, He taught so many loaded and heavy teachings. And so how does this lead us to find rest for our souls? Now just think about it, you know? Uh, Jesus' teaching is really heavy stuff. And it doesn't sound restful at all, you know? Say for instance, Jesus, He teaches us when someone slaps us on one cheek, we turn the other cheek for the person to slap, right? Uh, he even says this, to gouge our eyes out if it's causing us to sin. He even adds on another thing. He says, chop your hands. Wow. If it stumbles you, it's in, in the Gospels. It's in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, Jesus says, pray for your enemies. Bless them instead of blasting them. Huh? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. When you and I, when we are yoked together with Jesus, when we are attached to this wooden thing with Jesus, when we are crucified in Jesus, we realize we have to go according to His pace. There is no way we can go faster or slower than Jesus. We have to go according to His tempo. We have to go according to His beat. And friends, His tempo is the best way to go. And we follow how he lived. We observe the way he lived, the way he interacted with people, the way Jesus handled stress, the way he dealt with people who hated him. We observe how Jesus enjoyed children, how he takes breaks and holidays. Now, mind you, the Jewish community, community has tons of celebrations and holidays, and Jesus was part of that community. 
And we find Jesus enjoying fellowshipping with people over a meal on many occasions. A little bit like our Malaysian culture, like to makan with people. And so friends, when we truly carry this yoke that is attached to Him, it is impossible for us to go any faster than Him. We go according to His pace. And oftentimes, I find that Jesus' pace is way slower than the world's. No, Jesus, He was never in a hurry to do anything. As you look into the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we will find that Jesus was never in a rush to go anywhere. He was never hurried by anything or anyone. He always took his time. Even when he was going to heal somebody, he would take his time, and before reaching there, he would heal somebody else and go there and perform that miracle. He won't like, wow, cepat, cepat, go there, you know, because most he can't, nah, no time, nah, no such thing. Jesus was at his own pace. So church, that's how we become like Jesus. We obey his teachings, we observe the way he lived, and then we oriented our lives around him. We obey, we observe, and we oriented. And as we come to a close, I'd like to invite the music team to come on stage. Friends, if you and I, we want to be fruitful, if we want to abide in Christ, if we want to be His followers, to be His disciples, we be with Him. Okay, we spend time with Him. We become like Him. And when we become more like Jesus, when we do what He would do if He was in our shoes. We become more like Jesus when we do what He would do if He was us. And of course, Jesus did not live the lives that we have today. Okay, He walked the earth uh, when there was no Wi-Fi, when there was no smartphone, when there were no cars. But the principles, the values, the mindset, the perspective of living that Jesus had and the way He lived it out, that can be applied to us. Now consider this. Jesus was never a mom in his life. Uh, he was never a mom, and there's no way he could be one, okay? But what would he do if he was a mom to three children? How would Jesus respond to their tantrums? How would he respond to their rebellion? How would Jesus raise them up? We learn from it, and we apply that to our lives. How about this? Jesus was never married when he was on earth. But what would he do if he was married? How would Jesus treat his spouse? What would he say to her every day? If Jesus was a businessman, how would he do business today? What ethical practices would he have to consider doing or not to consider doing if he was a businessman in Malaysia in this day and age. And friends, there's so many things that we can ask this question. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do if He was you? What would Jesus do if He was me? And if we were to put on the mind of Christ, and if we become more like Jesus by spending time with Him, 
we will find that life is much more simpler and less complicated. That we will find rest for our souls. In verse 30, the last verse of this passage, Jesus says this, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we do that, friends, the truth of this verse comes alive in each and every one of our hearts that we will find rest for our souls. And perhaps this morning, even as you are with us in this service, perhaps you are wondering, how is my soul today? Is my soul at rest? Maybe you have been trying to do things your own way. Maybe because of the circumstances that we are in, because of the challenges that we are facing, we have fallen back to our own usual way of doing, thing, doing things, our own MO. But friends, that is not how you and I were created to be. We're created to be in a constant reliance, in a constant relationship with our Maker. And we get to do that today with His Spirit. Jesus says, when I go, I will send to you the helper. I will send to you the teacher. I will send to you the guide. I will send to you the, en the encourager, the counsellor. And friends, you and I, we have this Holy Spirit with us today. And because we have this Holy Spirit, our team verse for this month, which is in John chapter 15, verse 5, it says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The Holy Spirit makes this very possible in our lives today.